the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Thanks for joining us at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Thursday. It is the 28th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2022, just five days now from making huge decisions in the Ohio primaries as to what Republicans are going to be facing the demon rat challengers in November. It is an extraordinary time right now. It's an extraordinary time. It's one that deserves all of our attention and all of the efforts that we can muster to get the right conservative messenger messengers in those very important nominated seats for the Congress, for the uh, for the Senate, for the governor's mansion. It is it is high time we we make our move, if you will. We have long talked about well, there's going to be a big red tsunami in November. Not if we don't run the right candidates in May. Not if we don't elect the right nominees in the primaries on Tuesday. We're not going to have this big red tsunami. That I can promise you. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the elections. We're going to talk about the candidates. We're going to talk about the culture war that we expect these conservative candidates, if we can indeed elect conservative candidates, and not rhinos like we have far too many of representing us already. Rhinos representing us in the governor's office, rhinos representing us in the Senate, rhinos representing us in the State House, rhinos representing us in the U.S. Congress. They're all over the place. And we're not going to win the culture wars. We're not going to win the wars for our children unless we win these races and replace rhinos with true conservatives. I got into a pretty good argument online the other day with one uh, county GOP chairman who claims he is all about winning seats for Republicans. And, of course, he is. He's backing Mike DeWine. He's backing every rhino that he can find. And he figures he's doing his job if he gets Republicans victories. As long as Republicans get elected, we're, we're, we're doing it right. 
And I had a pretty good battle with him because I keep telling him, you're doing it wrong. You're not serving Ohio. You're not serving Ohioans. You're not serving Americans if you are, if you think that electing Republicans is the only job. Because some Republicans are no better than Democrats. Some Republicans are worse than Democrats. I've made this very clear to him countless numbers of times, and he continues to say, unlike you who just talks, I go out and get Republicans elected. Well, that don't brag about that. Because I could point to a whole bunch of the Republicans you got elected and that you want to get elected, like little Mikey No Spine, and, and, and ask you, what did you do for Ohio there? What did you do for the economy in Ohio? What did you do for the jobs in Ohio? What did you do for the business leaders in Ohio? What did you do for children in Ohio schools by supporting Mike DeWine and now supporting him again for re-election? I'm not going to say the gentleman's name just for fear of uh, humiliating him, but he thinks that electing Republicans is his only job. As if, that's it, did it, done. Well, what would you have done? Would you have felt like a success? If you had gotten John Kasich elected in 2016 president of the United States, would you feel good about the job he did as a, a state central committee member in Ohio, as a county leader? If you got your county to go for John Kasich, would you feel like, yeah, did a lot for my country? No, you didn't. You put a Democrat in a Republican name tag in charge of the country. That's what you would have done, and that's what people are doing now. This fight is too important. So we're going to cover all of that today. Coming up at 9.35 in a half an hour, very much looking forward to having Dinesh D'Souza back on the air. Now, Dinesh, of course, is not running for office, but he is covering the electoral process like nobody else is. Covering the electoral process by which we elect those who are running for office. And he is the uh, filmmaker who is bringing us 2,000 Mules in limited release next week. Actually, Monday and Wednesday, wrapped around our May 3rd primary. Monday and Wednesday, 2,000 Mules is going to be in theaters, select theaters, and you cannot buy tickets at any box office. You can only buy tickets at the website, 2,000mules.com. Dinesh put this film together to prove that the election in 2020 was just filled with fraud, was just a complete and total uh, theft a, a, a move that changed the course of history for America and for the world. Joe Brandon's theft of the election by way of countless numbers of cheaters, uh, criminals, and felons who stole votes, who ballot harvested, who went to multiple drop boxes, all on video surveillance. All on video surveillance. Now, why this stuff wasn't turned over to those who were counting the votes at the time, I don't know. I'm going to ask Dinesh that. Why are we just seeing this now in uh, April of 2022 rather than uh, maybe in December of 2020 when it could have done some, some good? Or maybe it just all came to light. But we're going to talk to him about it. But 2,000 Mules shows evidence that the election was tampered with, that fraud was rife, and this is something that changed the course of history. If Donald Trump was still the president of the United States and we were still on the track that we were on in his first four years, despite insurmountable, well, almost insurmountable obstacles, because he surmounted them, didn't he? He did. He scaled those mountains, despite all of the unprecedented attacks and interference and obstruction. And I think we'd be in a very different place right now. I do not believe Vladimir Putin would be in Ukraine if Donald Trump was still in office. I do not believe we would have record high 8.5% inflation 
if Donald Trump was in office. I do not believe gasoline prices would be three seventy five or whatever it is now a gallon if Donald Trump was still in office. I do not believe meat. Uh, that that beef would be up 24%, the chicken would be up 13%, that used cars would be up 40, 40% if Donald Trump was still in office. I do not believe we would have millions of new illegal aliens bedding down in this country right now tonight if Donald Trump was in office. So the course of American and literally world history changed because they cheated in that election. And we're going to talk about it with Dinesh D'Souza at 9.35 at 10.10. Dr. Everett Piper will join us about, again, more on the culture war, the indoctrination of children. Some great steps, by the way, that he will tell us about that have been happening in his native Oklahoma and maybe around the country as it pertains to stopping that indoctrination. And then at 10.35, what did I say about these elections? Josh Mandel will join me. He is uh, t- uh, 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 in a very tight three-way race with J.D. Vance and Mike Gibbons at the top of the Senate primary for the GOP. I just heard uh, Dolan on with Hugh Hewitt. Uh, he's trying to make a late push. There is a poll out that I don't know what to make of it, to be quite honest with you, uh, that shows that maybe it's a four-person race. It would be stunning if it is. But there is a poll out that shows uh, Matt Dolan actually in a statistical tie for the lead with the largest number in the survey, 33% of Republican respondents, undecided. In other words, this thing won't be decided until late on Tuesday. So we'll see. But Josh Mandel will be joining me to talk about his campaign and candidacy. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who is in uh, the Mandel camp, he used to, of course, serve as National Security Advisor for President Trump. He excuse me, will join Josh in that conversation. So Dinesh D'Souza, 935, Dr. Everett Piper, 1010, Josh Mandel, and uh, retired Lieutenant General Flynn at 1035. So you're going to want to hear be here for all of those. Before those interviews, after those interviews, and in between those interviews, uh, find your spots to call 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110, and we will put you on the radio. And, of course, as always, use the website, alwaysright.us. That's alwaysright.us. Click the Sound Off button on the right side of the page. Record your message for me into your computer or your phone's microphone. Push Stop Recording, push Send, and it will come right to me. You don't have to address it. It knows where to go. So very, very simple. We want to get you and your voice and your thoughts and your opinions and your views on these elections and more coming up uh, on the radio. Before we do anything else, how about if we ask you to stand, patriots, and I know you don't mind because you do this each and every day, and according to the people that I talk to at every event at which I speak, you love this, and I and I do too. Uh, join us for our pledge. Face your flag if you have one. If you don't, that's all right. Go ahead and imagine one, but put your hand on your heart. If you are a driver right now, you're excused from standing, but you can still put your hand on your heart and recite it with us. If you are a believer in Joe Biden's new ministry of truth, that's right, an Orwellian ministry of truth, otherwise known as the disinformation department? Yeah. It's a thing, which I'll tell you about in a moment. If you believe in that, you don't believe in this flag, so you don't have to say this pledge. You go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all 
going to tell you a little bit of truth here. Um, I was having a hard time actually picking which topic I wanted to use as the feature of the monologue here for the next few minutes uh, because there are some equally disturbing stories. One is indeed the Ministry of Truth. They call it the Disinformation Governance Board. It's going to be run by the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, which is run by Alejandro Mayorkas, who is overseeing the complete surrender of national security and sovereignty for Joe Brandon at our southern border. This new board is designed to counter misinformation, they say, uh, related to homeland security, with a focus specifically on Russia and irregular migration. The board is the Disinformation Governance Board, and it's headed up by a purveyor of disinformation, an habitual liar, according to what we can find uh, about her history. Executive Director Nina Jankowitz is going to be running this show. She was caught in a lie on day one on the job at the Ministry of Truth. This is extraordinary, something that, like I said, might be the lead, or might it be Joe Biden's? open-mouthed statement and declaration yesterday when talking to a group of teachers at the Teacher of the Year event held at the White House, telling them that the children that they are supposed to educate do not belong to you, Mom. They don't belong to you, Dad. The children aren't ours. The children belong to the teachers. They're their children when they're in the classroom. Joe Brandon just told the teachers, raise the kids. Don't educate them. Raise them. That's the only way you can hear somebody saying they're not somebody else's children. They're your children. What do you do with your children? You raise them. So don't just teach them arithmetic, reading, social studies, science, and history indoctrinate them with every bizarro theory that we can find and muster up to confuse these little kids into becoming children of the state. That's right. Hillary Clinton, not too terribly long ago when she was running for office, reminded everybody that it takes a village to raise a child. To raise a child, excuse me. Ooh, that might be another slip that was accidental that could turn out to be something. It takes a village to raise a child. I think that's actually good. Because children do indeed become enraged adults when they are force-fed the kind of trash that the far left wants to force-feed them now and indoctrinate them with. But Hillary Clinton said it takes a village. It doesn't take a village. It doesn't take a government to raise a child. It takes a good household. It takes a mother and a father married and raising their children according to the law, according to God's law. That's what it takes to raise a child. It takes a teacher to teach algebra. It takes a teacher to teach how to uh, diagram a sentence, use proper grammar and syntax. It takes a teacher to teach science, real science, including gasp, chromosomal science, men and women, male and female. It takes a teacher to just teach the things that we know in our educational curricula that are observably and provably facts, as opposed to Strange and bizarre theories, such as race and gender theories. But I want to open with this. I want you to hear it coming from the President of the United States' mouth. These are not 
somebody else's children. Teachers, they're yours. Look, these aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. And they are the kite strings that literally lift our national ambitions aloft in a literal sense. Think about it. If you got to do one thing to make sure the nation succeeded in the next two generations, what would you do? You'd want, I would say, literally, have the best educated public in the world. Have our students gain confidence enough to know what they can do, to reach in. We have an obligation. We have an obligation to help them teach and reach their potential. You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. You represent a profession that helps them gain the confidence, the confidence they believe they can do anything. They're not somebody else's children. They're yours when they're in the classroom. They're all of our children. Let me say this very directly to you. Joe, let's go, Brandon. My children will never be your children. My children will never be a member of the National Educators Association's children. They will never be a teacher's children. Not now, not ever. My grandchildren that don't exist yet will never be your children or the government's children, or the teachers' union's children, especially when you don't believe a word of what you just said. You said it's our obligation to give them the best education in the world. We're 35th in math, and you're teaching them that the pronouns that we all know exist in the English language no longer apply. Give them the best education in the world and then spend half the day telling the little light-colored ones that they're racist and the little darker-colored ones that they're victims. Give them the best education in the world, you say? And you want to spend half the day trying to convince little children that they're not what God made them. You know, it's okay if you like boys, too, Johnny. It's okay if you feel like a girl, too, Johnny. What do you identify as today, Johnny? Jenny? Okay, today you're Jenny. What pronouns would you like today? And what about you, Stevie? Oh, you're a dinosaur today? Good. What are your pronouns? Stomp and stomp? This is the trash you're filling our children's heads with in American schools today, and you have the nerve to say these are our children. They don't belong to somebody else. And hey, teachers, these are your children. They will never be their children. These are my children. These are our children. These are parents' children. And Joe Brandon, you can take that home with you tonight. And you can know this, that I mean this with every fiber in my being. And I believe that I speak for at least 80 million Americans when I say that keep your hands the hell off of our children.
spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong, and they have little pieces, and no one's really put it together. Because the mainstream media will not allow those pieces to be put together. You know who did put those pieces together? To completely debunk the statement you heard at the beginning from a from an amalgamation of, uh, of leftist talking heads that this was the most secure election in American history, Dinesh D'Souza did. He put the pieces together. And he put them together in a feature film that is called 2,000 Mules, one we've been telling you about for the last several days now. Coming up on Monday the 2nd and Wednesday the 4th, so essentially bookending the Tuesday primaries, in which we're going to see what our elections look like today. But on those two days, you can see the movie in theaters. You must Search your local listings, and then to buy tickets, you got to go to 2000mules.com. Dinesh D'Souza, uh, author and filmmaker and the host of the Dinesh D'Souza podcast, joins us now to tell us more about 2000 Mules. Good morning, Dinesh. Good to have you on the air in Cleveland. How are you? Hey, thanks so much. Really excited about this movie. And, uh, you know, you're right. You kind of ha- you have to go to the website 2000mules.com because you can't buy the tickets at the theater. They're only available through a ticketing site that you can link to right off of the website. So it's a tricky time we live in because there's so much censorship that we've got to get this movie out by navigating around it. You're exactly right. There, there is censorship and there are attempts to silence these voices. That's a, you know, as a matter of fact, let me start there with my first question for you, Dinesh D'Souza. When I first saw your trailer for 2000 Mules, um, I thought, oh my gosh, we have all of this video evidence and all of this time-stamped tracking of individual harvesters or mules, if you will, going to different drop boxes all over the cities and so forth. And I'm thinking, why are we just now seeing this video in April of 2022 when maybe in December of 2020, it could have done some good. And then I thought, well, maybe you didn't, you, you couldn't find it until now. So can you tell me why we are just now finding out about, you know, all of this video evidence? Well, the reason is twofold. The first is that, I mean, remember, this is the official surveillance video of the states themselves. So uh, the authenticity of this video is not open to question. In fact, the government already has it. Um, but... Uh, they, a lot of these guys came out right after the election declaring the election was perfectly fine. So they, no one went back and looked at that video. And then there were supposedly all these audits and all these kind of re-examinations, but nobody looked at the video. Then along came a research organization called True the Vote, and I've partnered with True the Vote for this film, and they uh, made public information requests and they got the video. Now, it's four million minutes of video, right? So normally with video, you wouldn't know where to look. The Kind of the genius of what True the Vote did is they did some geo-tracking, the tracking of cell phones. And by doing the geo-tracking, you can, you can see these cell phones moving from one up to another, another to another. So it's kind of like if they had your cell phone or mine in the middle of the night, we're going from one drop box to another, stuffing ballots. And now you know, let's go look on the video, and sure enough, there's Dinesh D'Souza stuffing ballots in the Dropbox. So the video corroborates the geo-tracking. Um, again, I listen to something like that, and I'm, I'm, I'm amazed, but I also have to wonder, how did they track individual cell phones? Now I've got a privacy issue here as well. 
No, you actually don't, because I'll tell you how they do it. So okay. it turns out that inside our cell phones are hundreds, if not thousands, of apps. Mm-hmm. And ironically, just by literally downloading those apps, you are giving those people permission to collect your data. Now, aggregators in this country, and there are about 40 of them, collect this data and sell it. You can buy it on the open market. I mean, you can't buy it at Walmart, but companies buy it all the time. That's why when you walk into a mall, you get a notification. Hey, listen, they're having a special at this store. Or, or when you go on vacation, you land in Naples, and they'll tell you the weather in Naples. Well, how do they know you're in Naples? Well, they're tracking your phone. So the bottom line of it is we have essentially given away our rights to privacy. And so what True the Vote did is they basically bought the same data that Apple buys and CVS buys. And, and by the way, that's used by federal law enforcement. This same geo-tracking was used to arrest January 6th protesters. It was used mm-hmm. to find bin Laden. So this is a very accepted mode of establishing certainty about where a cell phone is. Now, obviously, I could give my cell phone to my wife, but nevertheless, the cell phone is at that location, and there is no doubt about it. That is great information, uh, because that gives us reliability. We're talking with filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, whose movie, 2000 Mules, is being released in limited release uh, this coming week, on Monday and on Wednesday. You're going to have to look in your local listings and find a theater where it's being shown, and then buy tickets not at the theater. You can't buy them at the theater. You have to buy them at 2000mules.com. So, Dinesh, we have all of this confirmed and verified geolocation data of these mules, these ballot harvesters and so forth, official surveillance camera footage. And a minute ago, you said the government has this, the four million minutes of video. The government has this. It's all verified. My question is, who in the government has this and what has been their reaction to it? Right. So when I say the government has this, what I mean is uh, the states themselves. So we have video, when I say we, I mean through the vote was able to obtain video from Georgia, some video from Arizona, some video from Michigan. Unfortunately, in Wisconsin, even though they said they were going to take video, they didn't install the surveillance video, and neither did they do that in Philadelphia, although there might be some video uh, in Philadelphia also. Bottom line of it is there should be a lot more than 4 million minutes But 4 million minutes is obviously a lot of video. So, yes, the authorities, the Secretary of State in Georgia is sitting on a great mass of video uh, that he has. And now we've even told him where to look, because once he sees the movie, he'll be able to see the mules, where True the Vote is happy to give him the cell phone IDs of all these mules. So there's a lot of things that can be done right out of the gate. I mean, the first step is to arrest the mules, by the way. For to pay mules to deliver fraudulent ballots to mail-in drop boxes, these are felonies. And so you arrest the mules, you're like, hey, who paid you? Who put you up to this? Who organized this operation? That's the next logical step for law enforcement, and the interesting question is, will they do it? Dinesh, for the sake of uh, those who don't quite understand it, in, in the trailer, which I just played a very short part of, you do describe and define what a mule is. But for those who haven't seen the trailer and are hearing us talk about mules, 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 can you make sure they know what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So a mule is a paid political operative that is hired uh, to go to mail-in drop boxes, typically in the middle of the night, wearing gloves, and to, and to dump a fraudulent ballots into multiple drop boxes. Now, these guys are really clever. They don't go to one drop box and put in a whole satchel full of ballots because they know that the next morning when the drop box is opened and they're filling out the custody documents, it'll be obvious, wow, there's a massive spike in this drop box. Something is really fishy here. So what they do, this is why they go to many drop boxes 
three votes here, five votes there, ten votes there. This way, no eyebrows or no suspicions are raised. So, and that makes perfect sense. They're obviously smart. They may be evil, but they're not dumb. Uh, and, and, this is, and this, of course, is what they have to do. How difficult is it, though, um, in terms of the video surveillance, to identify, or do you even need to identify who these people are? Because I'm looking, again, at one of the freeze frames from the trailer, Dinesh, and when this was done in November of 2020, of course, uh, this was, uh, and in October of 2020, when early voting and these drop boxes were made available, this, of course, was masking up everybody, which gives criminals a great way to hide their, identi- hide their identities. Do we need to know the identities of the mules in order to recognize the crime that they've committed? So here are the facts of that. We slightly blur the faces of these mules. I mean, I've seen their faces. They're completely recognizable, many of them on the video. For legal reasons, we blur them slightly in the movie. But let me say this. True the Vote has the cell phone ID of all these mules. Now, all our cell phones have a distinctive ID. It's a kind of digital signature. And by the way, law enforcement uses these all the time. I mean, if there's a murder in a park, right, it's the middle of the night, and there are five cell phones that are detected in that park. Basically, what the FBI does is they go to a court, they get permission, they go to the cell phone provider, they get the names of those people, they go talk to them. They're all, they all become immediate suspects in that murder. So what I'm saying is that from the cell phone IDs, not you or I, but law enforcement can discover the names of these mules and go get them. Got it. That's that's good to know. We're talking with Dinesh D'Souza, filmmaker. His uh, new film is 2,000 Mules, blowing the lid off of the uh, fraud that took place in the 2020 presidential election, at least this portion of it. There are, there are a lot of elements of fraud that have been alleged, including computer fraud uh, with some of the computer voting systems. But in this case, we're talking about ballots, actual physical fraudulent ballots being delivered to uh, countless numbers of drop boxes all over key cities in key states that we're going to decide this election. So uh, you mentioned Georgia. You said the states have this information. Uh, you, you mentioned that the Secretary of State in Georgia is going to be able to watch this movie. Do you expect them to take any action? Have they expressed any interest in this four million minutes and uh, the evidence that you, that you present here? Well, the answer is yes. True the Vote actually filed an official complaint in Georgia, and based on the information they provided, the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, has reopened an official investigation. And he has publicly said, I'm doing it because of this new information from True the Vote. He's issued some subpoenas, and they are moving on that. Now, I will say this is an awkward subject for him because he, this is the very guy who came out right after the election and publicly proclaimed that the election was secure. He got into that telephone spat with Trump about it. He was lionized by the media. Oh, man, here's a Republican fighting for election integrity. So for Raffensperger to now stand up and admit, hey, I was the sheriff, and all these guys were basically robbing the bank, like, right under my nose, and I had no idea about it, and now I'm finding out it's not easy for him to admit this. So it's really a test of his character to see if this guy is going to go with the evidence and take the action necessary, or if he will... Uh, because of the awkwardness of having to admit that he, you know, blew this big time, if he will sort of try to cover this up and, and kind of smush it down so that it doesn't really see the light of day. The investigation essentially becomes an interminable investigation that doesn't go anywhere. Well, you anticipated my next question because I was going to bring up, uh, you know, what we know about him and, and uh, the, the, the trashing that he received from President Trump because of what he did when he declared that it was a clean and fair election. Uh, my question to you was going to be, can he be trusted? And it sounds like the answer is we don't know. 
We don't know. And I think the same would be, you know, Mark Burnovich is the attorney general in Arizona. Now, by the way, these are both Republicans. In some of these states, uh, Michigan, for example, uh, and uh, Philadelphia, you've got Democratic attorneys general and, and in some cases Democratic secretaries of state. So here's a problem, because ultimately, you know, they're part of the crooked ring that put these that, that essentially put Biden over the top. It's kind of like saying, what can we take this information to Merrick Garland and ask him to do something about it? No, that's like going to the consigliere of Don Corleone and saying, hey, listen, we got all this goods on the mafia. <laughs> no, that's a great that's a great analogy. Um, Dinesh, I don't want you to give away the whole movie, obviously, but considering this isn't a work of fiction, this is historical anyway, and this is reality. Can you talk about the the, the difference here? Um, meaning. How many fraudulent ballots would have to have been found uh, and evidenced by video, by cell phone tracking in all of these boxes, in all of these cities, in the key crucial battleground states to make a difference and actually say the election was decidedly stolen or taken away by these actions? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a preview. This is part of the climactic scenes in the movie where we literally rerun the electoral map. In other words, this is done in a very careful way. And it's actually done in, in two different ways, because what I say is that, look, we're counting mules who have gone to 10 or more drop boxes, right? But that is a ridiculous undercount of the number of mules, because if you went to seven drop boxes and threw in a whole bunch of ballots, you don't get counted. It's only the most egregious or industrious mules that are getting counted in the initial search. And so initially, I do the election math by adding up the fraudulent votes counting only those 2,000 mules, only the sort of most, the tip of the iceberg mules. Uh, and then I say, look, you know, if you, if you go on your porch at night and you put out your flashlight and you count a bunch of ants, those aren't all the ants on the porch. They're only the ants that you can see by turning on your flashlight. But you can actually estimate the total number of ants on the porch by the ones that you can see. So we, we run sort of two separate calculations one is the kind of super conservative calculation, and the other is a kind of more broad calculation, um, the second one being more of an estimate, but perhaps a more accurate estimate, and we tell you the result in the movie. Dinesh, I think and that's another great analogy, by the way, the ant analogy. Um, I, I'm sure people are sitting here thinking, well, how did this all get done? Did a whole bunch of people individually say to themselves, I'm going to go and cheat and drop uh, a bunch of fraudulent ballots in a bunch of different places? Where's where's the, the mafia done here? To go back to one of your other analogies, who organized this? Were there, were there ads on Facebook that saying, help us defraud uh, the elections in battleground states, become a mule? Where do these people come from and who, who organizes and pays them? Let me, uh, that, move, that question is answered in the movie, but let me answer it briefly here. Okay. Um, I want to distinguish a kind of conspiracy theory from a coordination theory. Uh, in a conspiracy theory, you have one guy, Don Corleone, he orders it. All right? he, in all eight states, Don Corleone tells all these people what to do. Here's a second theory, uh, and it's, it's kind of more, how did all the media suppress the Hunter Biden story? They didn't get on a Zoom call. They didn't conspire. They don't, they don't all say, let's not publish anything about it. But they're all operating out of the same self-interest. They're all ideologically on the same side. They all know it's very damaging to their guy, Biden, as this comes out. And so they all act in concert, even though they're not openly conspiring. So that's what's going on here. Democratic lawyers like Mark Elias file lawsuits and basically say things like, don't clean up the voter rolls. 
don't have rigorous signature matching. Then you have money guys like Mark Zuckerberg who jump in and say, listen, I got a whole bunch of money to give you uh, in this county or in this district or in this state, but you're not going to get it unless you install a whole bunch of mail-in drop boxes and typically in heavily democratic areas. So see, these are all the things that are essential to enable the heist. I'm not saying they're doing it, but I'm saying without them, it would not have happened. So what's happening here is all these left-wing organizations and left-wing money are putting all the pieces in place, and then you have left-wing activist organizations collecting these fraudulent votes and hiring the mules. So the mules are only the tail end of an operation, but yeah, this is an organized coordinated effort, there is no way for it spontaneously to have sprung up in all the key states at the critical time. Dinesh D'Souza is my guest. Last question for you, Dinesh, about 2,000 mules. we got the um, primary in Ohio coming up on Tuesday. It's primary season all around the country, obviously. And then we've got uh, the extraordinarily important midterms in November. Um, Do you believe that enough is being done to try to stop this from being repeated in Georgia and and in other states? We have seen probably a dozen and a half, maybe a few more, states that have strengthened their election integrity laws, including limiting drop boxes only to uh, 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 um, election uh, headquarters into uh, uh, county uh, boards of elections, and they would always be under video surveillance. So they're not going to have dozens of drop boxes to be able to do this with. Has enough been done, do you think, to secure the elections and the primary results that we get uh, uh, next month and then uh, in the general in November? Well, let me just say that I think that there have been some very good things that are done, uh, strengthening voter ID laws, strengthening signature matching, uh, in some cases outlawing private money from being used as leverage to infiltrate these election offices. You mentioned the limiting of drop boxes to places where they can be properly surveilled. I think all of that is good. The broader point, though, I think, is that citizens, and particularly Republicans, what happens is Republicans focus on the campaign, uh, running the campaign, uh, getting the message out, and Democrats focus on controlling the levers of the actual election. Uh, and so you need a little shift of psychology where the process of the election, who's watching, who's supervising, who's observing, who's actually opening the envelopes and counting the votes, all that's really important. And the left has realized, let's get our people in there. And the, the Republicans basically go, well, I walked into the booth, I pulled the curtain, I cast my vote, everything is fine. No, everything is not fine. It's no longer fine. And so it's more, it's important for us to be more vigilant, not just about the campaign, but also about the process of the election itself. The movie is 2,000 Mules. It, again, uh, premieres in very limited release on Monday and Wednesday of this coming week, so May 2nd and 4th. There are uh, local listings to see which theaters are showing this movie, and then you must buy the tickets at the website, not at the theater. You cannot buy them at the theater for security and, and other purposes. You have to go to 2000mules.com to uh, get tickets for this movie and learn more about how the election was uh, compromised, how fraud did run wild in some of those most important states, uh, battleground states, in deciding the future of this country in the 2020 presidential election. Dinesh D'Souza, thank you for working with Salem Media on this uh, and getting this thing put together and shining a light on the corruption so that we can hope to fix this going forward. We really appreciate that. Hey, it's my you know my pleasure. And you know, may I also say that don't get discouraged if there's a theater that's near you that's either full up or if you can't find one right near you. This is a limited theatrical. Sign up for the virtual premiere on Saturday, May 7th. You just log on. You'll get an access code. 
Boom, you watch the movie. There's also going to be a live Q&A to follow. So there's a home viewing option. And, of course, you can also pre-order the DVDs. Terrific information. Dinesh D'Souza. Thank you, Dinesh. My pleasure. All right, there you go. All of that information is at 2000meals.com. For the uh, buying the tickets in the theater, for the virtual premiere on Saturday the 7th, as he is talking about, and, of course, to order the DVD so you can watch it as many times and show it to as many people as you want. The election was stolen. There's there's very, very little to, to no doubt about that whatsoever. But a lot of people said, where's the evidence? The answer is, here's the evidence. Watch this movie. I'll be right back. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway now, eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Appreciate you being with us on a Thursday. Thanks again to Dinesh D'Souza. Very, very important material that you need to know, you need to learn, you need to watch 2,000 Mules. Uh, whether you do it at the theater, as we just said, Monday or, or Wednesday, or whether you wait for the virtual premiere at home, followed by a Q&A that you can stream uh, on uh, Saturday. May 7th. Either way, you've got to make sure that you watch that. So we appreciate Dinesh shining a light on the corruption and the fraud in the 2020 election like nobody else has yet. Uh, let's pivot now and let's talk about the culture war that continues to rage in this country. Uh, it is a war that we simply cannot afford to lose. It is it is literally for the future of uh, of our culture, of Western civilization. Our children need us to win this war right now. Joining us now is one of the uh, generals, I believe, in uh, that culture war because he is always speaking truth. He is always speaking uh, from a position of, uh, of faith, and he is Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is a past university president. He is a best-selling author. He's a columnist for the Washington Times. He is a candidate for office as the county commissioner in Oklahoma, and he is uh, uh, also a host of the Rebellion podcast. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Let's talk about this culture war. There's a few different topics that you and I are going to get into today that we've kind of uh, already settled on. Uh, I want to start with your column, though, um, even though it wasn't the first one that we, we discussed. I want to talk about public schools grooming your children. You talked with me on this program last week about a number of the uh, uh, things that we have seen throughout uh, throughout the public schools. Uh, uh, including Oklahoma State University hosting their uh, Drag Queen Story Hour uh, as part of their Pride 22 celebration, 2022 celebration, rather. So that, of course, is uh, very personal to you in your in your home state. But this week uh, in the Washington Times, you went across the country, and you went from one state to another to another to another and really highlighted how bad and how dangerous the problem really is. Can you give us a little bit of insight on that? Well, it's, it's stuff we've probably talked about over the months. Because um, I go back to last year, 4th of July, when I started talking about these particular stories. For example, you have Chicago Public School District, which now has made a decision publicly, they're announcing it with pride, that they're distributing condoms to 5th graders. 5th graders within the Chicago Public School System now have condoms Because, to quote their superintendent, we want to make prophylactics available to students when they need them. So fifth graders apparently need condoms now in public schools of Chicago. 
we have this teacher in New York City who was teaching techniques, I'm sorry to be so graphic, techniques of masturbation to first graders in New York City, and then she'd cross the street and go to a prep school and teach methods of porn, how to view porn effectively to juniors in high school. And then we have Arizona's Department of Education who's actually saying that they need to evaluate, critique, and critique the fact that that children as young as three months of age have already developed sexual biases that need the correction of the state. Three months of age. Arizona's Department of Education is saying that children already are developing sexual biases that need their intervention. And then we have the National Education Association, where they're actually coming out and saying that they need to criticize and critique cis-heteronormity, cis-heteropatriarchy. And what does that mean? It means a two-parent family, a strong father, a strong mother raising their children and being faithful to one another as they do so. So these are just examples of what's going on in the public schools. And as you know, I'm arguing that it is a fact that these schools are grooming our children. And then I also mentioned my own backyard here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, where our president of the school board, who was just reelected, actually endorsed a local politician who openly calls herself bi-poly. She's bisexual, and she's polyamorous. And she says that on her Facebook page, and we've got our school superintendent endorsing this woman for public office. I don't think you can assume that our school, excuse me, not school superintendent, our president of the school board, I don't think you can assume that he's not bringing those values to the decisions he makes as the president of our board. And then... the one that really takes the cake is last summer's San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, who openly on YouTube uh, performed uh, a song where they said, we're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. Yes, we are. We're coming for our children, your children, and we will convert them, and soon we will convert you. These are the actual lyrics from their song. So to say that they're grooming our children is just a fact. They are grooming our children. They're telling us that they're coming for our children, that they're grooming our children, and they're starting as young as three months of age, according to Arizona, because that's when our children are developing sexual biases that need their intervention. This is child abuse, and it's shameful. And parents that are remaining silent in the face of this thing are... We need to start evaluating whether we're guilty by omission if we're not going to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. We need to speak up. Teachers do, administrators do, and if you're being silent about it, then I, I, I don't have any patience for it anymore. If you're not no. going to speak up and challenge the stuff. Neither do I, uh, uh, Dr. Piper. We're talking with Dr. Everett Piper. Doctor, I'm going to put you on hold for a second, okay? Because we are getting some uh, distortion. I don't know, it sounds Bluetoothy or something, but we want to try to clean this up. It sounds a little muddy. We want everybody to hear all of the words uh, that you are saying right now. Uh, so let's go ahead and pick up Dr. Piper. Let's reestablish that connection with him and make sure that's a little more clear. And then I'm going to drop this on him, uh, that uh, the same audio that I dropped on you this morning from yesterday's uh, presidential event in which Joe Brandon um, met with the teacher, the National Teacher of the Year and a whole bunch of teachers' union representatives in which he told them, these children don't belong to somebody else. They belong to you, to the teachers. They're yours when you're in the classroom. 
is exactly what he said. Um, it is something that is it is something that is enraging. We have him back right now, so that's perfect. So I, before I play this, I want to make sure Dr. Piper can hear it. <clears throat> Dr. Piper, um, f- the reason I wanted to lead with your article about uh, the grooming of the children in schools is that yesterday we had a perfect example of this. The President of the United States yesterday, in a little ceremony at the White House for the National Teacher of the Year, told that teacher and all of the teachers' union representatives present that the children that they teach are not somebody else's children. They're not the parents' children. They're their children, as long as they're in the classroom. The clear implication being, you don't just teach them, you raise them. You teach them what's right. They're yours. I want you to listen to this and then respond. ...public in the world. Have our students gain confidence enough to know what they can do, to reach in. We have an obligation. We have an obligation to help them teach and reach their potential. And you've heard me say it many times about our children. But it's true. They're all our children. And the, the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom. Dr. Piper, I, I believe that teachers are there to teach addition, subtraction, division, multiplication, biology, history, uh, a, a sentence structure, and so forth. Uh, in no way, shape, or form does that constitute raising my children. Those are not the teacher's children. Those are my children. Those are not the government's children. It does not take a village. It takes two willing and worthy parents. But this is an example of what you wrote about. The, the President of the United States is telling the teachers, do what you do. They're your kids. Absolutely. And I'm sorry to be so crass, but Joe Biden has no business lecturing you or me or anybody else on how to raise a child. Um, and we're dealing with all, and all of us may have had wayward children, and I don't mean to say that everybody who has one, a prodigal son, is a bad dad, but come on. Joe Biden might want to take a spoonful of humility before he starts lecturing all of the rest of America on what it means to raise a child. Uh, Hunter Biden is no model in terms of the outcome of good parenting. So I, I have to react perhaps a little snarkily at that. And then second, this is a worldview issue. We know that Marxism, neo-Marxism, critical theory, we know that Marcuse and everybody else, from Marx to Marcuse, they're arguing that these are not your children. These are the state's children. These are the system's children. These are the children of the village. That parent parental authority is a threat to all of the goals of critical theory, all of the goals of a Marxist revolution. If somebody else has authority, then the state doesn't. They want to take these children away from you. And parents need to stand up. Right now, it is the law of the land that parents have the legal right to know what their kids are being taught. And if the schools are violating that law, then the parents should scream to the high heavens. Scream to the high heavens that you're, you're, you're functioning in a legal capacity. Not only are you violating the pornography laws of Arizona and Illinois and uh, Oklahoma, in Ohio, when you teach this crap, you're also violating the law by not telling the parents about it in the first place. And they are my kids, and I'm sorry. I don't care what teacher claims otherwise. Like you said, just go teach them how to count. Just go teach them how to read and teach them that biology is a fact and not a fabrication, and I'll be happy. I'll take care of the rest. 
Dr. P- uh, Everett Piper is my guest, of course. Uh, Dr. Piper, we talk about your uh, status as a uh, former president of an Oklahoma university. We talk about your status as a candidate there as well. And oftentimes you come onto this program and tell me about how frustrated you are with the state that is supposed to be the most conservative in the country. And you point out that uh, time and time again that um, it's the only state in which not one single county went blue in, in a number of presidential elections. It's always red. And then you tell me something that isn't red about the state of Oklahoma, some sort of uh, uh, law or bill or something that passes. Uh, let's turn that around now and score one for your home team. The state of Oklahoma has become the first state to ban non-binary identification on birth certificates. Birth certificates, according to a law signed by Governor Kevin Stitt, must identify the child as being a male or a female. Non-binary, meaning uh, we'll decide later, I guess, uh, is is not allowed. That's a big, big step forward, one that I hope other states follow. You know, I think conservatives should be people that actually are honest about our own tribe. And we thank our people when they're right, and we criticize them when they're wrong. That's what makes us thoughtful, engaging conservatives. We're conserving the truth. We're not elevating a king. And in this case, Governor Sid is spot on, absolutely right. We need to give him a standing ovation. Thank you for leading and saying it's nonsense to identify a newborn as anything but a boy or a girl. And to claim otherwise is just science-denying, body-denying, reality-denying nonsense. Thank you, Governor Sid, for leading. And he's also taken a very strong stand on life. He has just signed a pro-life bill that is exemplary for the nation. So he has kept his promises on life, and he's kept his promises on the definition of what it means to be a human being once you're born. Okay? You're a boy, you're a girl, you're male, you're female. There was a time when the doctors pronounced that, and it was uncontroversial when they did so. Thank you, Governor Stiff, for leading on this issue. Very well said. It's 1021. We'll take our time out here. And because Dr. Piper asked for it, a little applause for <laughs> Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt. We'll come right back. And we're going to talk about another uh, very important issue uh, to Dr. Piper. We're going to talk about detransitioning and a personal story that he has had, experience he has had with detransitioning. Uh, it's extraordinarily important. Listen uh, to uh, Dr. Piper's story next on AM 1420 The Okay, 1023 now. We continue on Always Right Radio. You can hear it at alwaysright.us. You can also read the lead stories of the day there at alwaysright.us. There are some doozies uh, that you should check out. But we continue now with Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper, there was an article in the Daily Caller referencing an article in the Tuesday in a Tuesday substack by uh, a writer named Susie Weiss in which she recounted a bunch of young women and talked with a bunch of young women who regretted undergoing sex changes in their adolescent years. And they spoke about their experiences, and they spoke of their their rage, I guess their fury, their disappointment with adults who allowed them to transition because they were way too young to understand what they were doing to themselves. The adults had to know. And the women are sometimes referred to as detransitioners. They were given extreme biomedical interventions ranging from hormones and puberty blockers to double mastectomies in adolescence to relieve their gender dysphoria, according to the article, and several blamed the adults in their lives for failing them. And now they are trying to advise people, and particularly young people, not to make rash decisions and the adults not to let children make those decisions at all. So the story of the detransitioners, Dr. Piper, as you know, um, 
led to a personal story that uh, I would love for you to tell us about. I have not heard this story, but uh, since you brought it up when we were preparing this show, I would like you to tell everybody about your experience with the detransitioning. Okay. Um, no, I didn't detransition myself. This is a story about somebody. <laughs> well, when I said it was a personal story, it's not that personal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a testimony to the power of what you do, Bob. Okay? The power of speaking boldly into the public square. Um, let's back this up about 10 years. Um, before you and I became acquainted, I received a phone call from another talk show host. Um, he's, he has unfortunately died since. He died of a brain tumor. But his name was Pat Campbell of the Pat Campbell Show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was, like you, a very talented voice. He should have been on national stage, not local. And again, I know I'm blowing smoke at you, but you guys are very talented. You know what you're doing, and your communities, like Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio are very gifted to have you. And so was Tulsa, Oklahoma, with regard to Pat Campbell. Anyway, about 10 years ago, I got a phone call out of the blue from Pat Campbell of KFAQ Talk Radio, the Pat Campbell Show in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he said, Dr. Piper, Pat Campbell here. I need a conservative religious guy. Would you be my conservative religious guy every Friday to comment on the weekly news? So from that point forward, for about, oh, eight or ten years, I was the Friday morning regular for his show. And he, he leased me to talk about anything I wanted to, just like you do. And the result of that, because it was in the midst of a Burgerfeld and gay marriage and all of the tsunami of this sexual nihilism that was sweeping the culture, Often the news turned to that. Not always, but often. And I would always, you know, I would unleash. I would say we're the Imago Day. We're made in the image of God. We're not the Imago dog. We're not made in the image of an animal. We have moral awareness, moral culpability, moral responsibility. God has put his thumbprint on the human soul. That's what makes us different than the dog, the pig, the cat, the cow. Animals don't care about moral debate. Human beings do. Imago Day, not the Imago Dog. And I would use that that cadence, Imago Day, not Imago Dog, every week as we discuss these news stories. Well, fast forward. I'm in my office at Oklahoma Western University one day, and I get an email. Dr. Piper, I listen to you routinely on the Pat Campbell Show, and I'm transgendered. And I thought, Bob, I thought, uh-oh, here it comes. We're going unlo- <laughs> to unload both barrels yep. on me. But the next, next sentence was this. I wanted to write to you and tell you I agree with you. You're right. That was it. I thought I was being punked. I thought it was a joke. But I walked up the hill to my house during lunch hours at the university, and I said to my wife as I showed her this email, if this is true, if this is true and I'm not being punked, if it's real, then it makes it all worth it. Now let's fast forward to the end of the story. I go to the cafeteria on a Sunday afternoon after church to have lunch, and there in the cafeteria is this woman. She's come to see me. Now, she's still suffering the consequences of some very poor choices because for a decade she lived as Jake Perry, not Laura Perry. She had a radical mastectomy, both breasts removed. She had a hysterectomy. She had steroids pumped into her body for 10 years. She had a beard. Well, she was shaving now, but she still had a 5 o'clock shadow. She told me that as a result of you saying what you say, Bob, and me saying what I said, and 
as our deceased friend Pat Campbell, releasing us to say these things and elevate the definition of the human being to what the Bible tells us we are, Imago Dei, not diminishing the definition of the human being to what the Rainbow Cabal suggests, and that is nothing but the sum total of our inclinations. She said that she returned to Christ, she returned to her church, and she returned to her biological God-given identity. If you want to hear this story, read this story. In fact, you should have her on your show, Bob. She's excellent. Her name is Laura Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, and she wrote a book summarizing everything I just did in the last five minutes with you. It's titled Transformed, Not Transgendered. Moral to the story, if you speak boldly and you trust the truth to win, it's amazing the lives you can impact as a result of just staying on task and speaking the truth. You know, uh, Dr. Piper, as inspirational as that is, and I will, by the way, ask my team to reach out to her, and maybe if you can help me find her, um, I would I would love to do that. Um, the, uh, the part of the story that makes me sad is that if she hadn't been listening to the radio that day, or on a day, or maybe on multiple days, um, maybe this has a different outcome. And it makes me wonder how many other people out there living with extreme regret and and knowing what they have done surgically to mutilate their bodies and so on and so forth, things that are irreversible, uh, even if they try to go back, it's just going to be so. You just, you just wonder how many people didn't hear that radio show, didn't hear your commentary, doesn't understand, um, you know, that there there is support out there to help them kind of come back from this. I just wonder how many of these stories end in tragedy. As inspirational as this great outcome was for her, um, not for everybody, and that's uh, that, that's the troubling aspect of this. Well, you're right. I'll be very brief in closing here. Oh, there are thousands, tens of thousands of people that are suffering from this because Barna's recent research tells us that 40%, that's 4-0, 40% of Gen Zers are now identifying as trans. Now, what's that mean? Well, we don't know. Do they identify with them in empathy, or do they identify as being sexually fluid? I don't know. I don't care. It's a terrible number, and people are suffering because of that lie. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, helping us fight and helping us win the culture war. Uh, After all, it's only the souls of our children and and the future of their children and so on and so forth at stake here. Nothing worth uh, getting in a a twist over, right? Now, we're going to continue to fight these battles and win these battles, battles because it's a war we cannot lose. Dr. Everett Piper, thank you for what you do, sir. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Blessings. Bye-bye. 10.31, 10.31, we're going to get a timeout now, and on the other side, we're going to get back into the hardcore nature of primary politics. You've seen the entire thing shake out over the course of the last several months, the battle for the Portman seat in the U.S. Senate. Josh Mandel is going to come back with us here in just a couple of minutes. He's bringing a guest with him, former National Security Advisor General, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. They're coming up to talk about uh, this vote on Tuesday and why it should be Josh Mandel's vote. That's next, AM 1420, The Answer. Always Right Radio online at alwaysright.us. You can listen right there from the player on the webpage. Also see the top news stories of the day. Pretty big bombshell video that's uh, near the top of the page right now on alwaysright.us uh, as an Ohio gun group 
Ohio gun owners, to be precise, released a 30-minute video yesterday outlining the big tech connections to some big-time questionable people, not just in the world of big tech, by the way, uh, that uh, are connected to J.D. Vance. And uh, J.D. Vance, of course, is now enjoying the endorsement of President Donald J. Trump for the United States Senate seat currently held by Rob Portman. That shocked a lot of people, not the least of which is our next guest. Uh, Josh Mandel is, of course, a former Ohio treasurer. Uh, he is a candidate in this race, uh, this very crowded race that has been a nasty race. He is hovering around the top right now, along with J.D. Vance and Mike Gibbons, in something of a three-way race for uh, the right to represent the Republican Party against Tim Ryan in November. He joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer, along with a special guest. First, Josh Mandel, good to have you back. How are you? Hey, Bob, I'm doing well. All right, good to have you, Josh. Thank you. And uh, you brought some company here. And this guy probably needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. He's a retired lieutenant general. He happens to also be the former national security advisor to President Donald J. Trump. General Flynn, Michael Flynn, thank you so much for joining us this morning, General. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good to have you along with Josh. And I know uh, you have come out as a strong supporter of Josh. So I'm going to give you first uh, crack at telling me how and why you decided to get involved in the Ohio Senate race, General Flynn. Well, first to the AM 1420 radio uh, audience, thanks very much for, for uh, giving us a few minutes. I got uh, with Josh. I joined with Josh because I'm looking for not only veterans running for office around the country, but also leaders. We need leaders who are fighters, warriors, ready to ready to uh, to really get in the face of some of these, you know, some of this tyranny that we're facing across the country, but particularly in places like Ohio, where where we're looking at uh, you know unemployment rates, we're rising inflation, the overreach of the federal government, illegal immigration, you know, the the uh, the, the lack of support for our, our uh, law enforcement. I mean, all these issues. But principally, it's about leadership and looking for leaders who are willing to get up, stand up, step up, and speak up for not only Ohio, but for the country. And Josh yeah. represents all of that. Well, Josh Mandel, um, you know, the, the, the endorsement and the support of uh, somebody like General Flynn has got to carry a lot of weight with Ohio conservatives because he bears, or excuse me, he uh, <laughs> has a lot of respect, obviously, in our state and I think across the country with true conservatives. What's it mean to you to have General Flynn in your corner? I'm honored by it. You know, I call General Flynn the people's general um, because uh, he really represents us as an America first movement. Uh, Listen, besides for President Trump, there is no one that the Democrats and the deep state went after with more uh, nastiness and money forced than General Flynn. And uh, make no mistake about it, when the deep state went after President Trump, and went after General Flynn, they weren't really going after Trump and Flynn. They were coming after us, the we the people. And uh, Trump and Flynn were just in the middle. And the fact that General Flynn is just fearless and took them on and won means such a great deal. And uh, I'm just so honored to have him. I think he's a real American hero and uh, just proud to have him in my corner. Well, obviously, President Trump thought so highly of him as well. He made him his national security advisor and then was in his corner when allegations were made against General Flynn. So I completely understand that. So, Josh, let's uh, let's dive right into, you know, your campaign slogan from the very beginning has been pro-God, pro-guns, pro-Trump. Uh, in that order, I believe. So it was a very, very big deal. And we talked uh, several times about uh, your desire for uh, a Donald Trump endorsement. 
What was your reaction last week um, when the rest of us had to react as well to President Trump making the decision to go for J.D. Vance, uh, even though J.D. Vance had been a very loud and vocal critic of President Trump's, not just when he was in the primaries, but um, really after President Trump had taken office. How did, you, how did you react to that when you found out that J.D. got the nod? I pulled my staff together, and I said, I'm more motivated than ever to win. And they responded by saying, they're more motivated than ever to win. And we've been working even harder since that time, and we're confident we're going to win on May 3rd. And then once we win on May 3rd, Bob, I look forward to working with President Trump to beat Tim Ryan and the Democrats in November, and more importantly, working with President Trump to advance the America First agenda once I'm in the U.S. Senate. You know, a lot of the uh, liberals and a lot of the you know squishy rhino establishment Republicans, they think America First is just some slogan, but it's not. It's a governing philosophy. You know, when it comes to the border, America First means putting our country, our people, ahead of foreigners. Not because we hate people from other countries, but because we love America and we love our family and our friends and our communities. We want to keep them safe and secure from terrorism, from fentanyl coming from China, from gangbangers coming from Mexico. You know, America first when it comes to the economy means putting jobs in places like Cleveland and Akron and Canton and Youngstown ahead of jobs in places like China and Mexico and India. And unfortunately, over many generations, Democrat and Republicans in Washington have given away the store. They've sold us out. And uh, President Trump was the first president in my lifetime to actually stand up to bring jobs back from China, back from Mexico, back from India. And I'm going to do the same thing when I'm in the Senate. And uh, just look forward to working with him and anyone else who's uh, America first. Josh, did you feel betrayed at all? Um, given the fact that, uh, again, you have been such a vocal, staunch supporter of the president's for so very long, um, there's never been a question about your conservative credentials. Um, there, there have been questions. I'm not saying they haven't been answered. That depends on your perspective for, for J.D. Vance. But there's never been a question about yours, nor your commitment to President Trump in America first. Um, did you feel betrayed at all when you, when you found that out? And I'm glad, by the way, that you circled up and said I'm more motivated than ever. But from a personal standpoint, how, do, how did you take that? No, I mean, listen, you know, they they teach us in the Marine Corps, adapt and overcome. And I know uh, General Flynn, you know, who's led soldiers in combat so many times, he can tell you the same thing. You uh, dust yourself off, off, you get up, and you take a full 30-inch step and march forward and just run through whatever brick wall is in front of you. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to run through this brick wall on uh, Tuesday. We're going to win the race, and I look forward to working with President Trump to beat the Democrats in November, beat Tim Ryan in November, And more importantly, like I said, advance the America First agenda. You know, these political campaigns aren't about winning the campaigns. They're about getting in there and governing to fight for the people you represent. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm excited to do, to to fight for the people in my state. You know, I'm born and raised in Ohio. I've lived my whole life here except for my time in the Marine Corps. I'm raising my kids here. Gideon is five years old. Judah is seven years old. Rosie is nine years old. And my feeling, Bob, is that this ain't about us anymore. You know, this is this fight in front of us. This is about saving the country for my kids, for the kids and grandkids of your listeners. Uh, and that's what it's about. And I, I want General Flynn to talk about that a little because he and I, you know, he came and campaigned for me all uh, last Thursday. And we had some pretty deep conversations about, you know, his kids and his grandkids and why he's doing this. Because he doesn't have to be coming to Ohio to campaign for me. He doesn't have to be spending his morning here dialing in the Cleveland radio but he's choosing to do it because 
know, he wants to shape America for, for his grandkids. And so I'd love, Bob, if, if you're okay with it, just for General yeah. Flynn to riff yeah, on that. Well, actually, I wanted to ask General, Quinn, uh, General Flynn rather a couple of things. And by the way, your last commercial of featuring your kids is, is a really powerful one, uh, and you have beautiful kids. Uh, General Flynn, um, before we talk about the kids and that aspect of it, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you think we need more uh, veterans uh, in office uh, to lead uh, with integrity and so forth, and that's uh, uh, that's certainly one of the reasons why you support Josh. Obviously, J.D. Vance is a, is a Marine veteran as well. You know Donald Trump as well as anybody. You were his national security advisor. You were at his right hand for a long time, and I assume you remain close with him. Um, were you surprised? That that President Trump decided to uh, endorse J.D. Vance over Josh in this race. I I, I uh, do stay in touch with Donald Trump, President Trump, and uh, and we have a great relationship. And I'm a, you know, I'm I'm right there with him and fighting back all of this incredible level of fraud and and the deception. And and I'm still in the middle of of uh, you know a lot of things going on within the government to make sure that we continue to expose these things, but. But uh, you know he makes he makes his decisions based on on his criteria. I think that I've said this. I've been public about this. I think he was poorly advised on this uh, on this endorsement. Um, I, I will tell you that uh, you know just like Josh just said, uh, you know I have I have my grandchildren and my children, but particularly my grandchildren, and that's why I do what I do because I I'm not going to allow them to grow up in a in a country that that my father, a World War II veteran and a retired sergeant from the Army gave me and my brothers and sisters on a silver platter of this beautiful uh, country, and I'm not about to turn it over to my children and my grandchildren uh, in the, the way that these, these that this Marxist left really is trying to take our country. So, yeah. uh, you know, what last, last week, I would tell you that last week we had four rallies from Cincinnati to Youngstown to Cleveland. We went to churches. We went to restaurants. We had a big, beautiful rally in a barn with a whole bunch of enthusiastic grassroots people. I know that uh, Josh has uh, Ted Cruz coming in, I think, in the next couple of days. He's got uh, uh, great endorsements from great people. Uh, the people of uh, Ohio know Josh very well, not only from his service in, our, in our, our great Marine Corps, but also his service as the treasurer for the state where he, where he turned the state from really a low number in terms of transparency to to the most transparent state in terms of its budget because he took the entire budget uh, where where your former Governor Kasich there talked about not wanting to have it on, uh, or the Governor Kasich talked about not wanting to have it online. Josh said, absolutely not. We're going to put the, we're going to put the entire budget online to show the American, show the people of Ohio where their taxes are going. That it's that kind of boldness and that kind of smart, uh, uh, you know, political adaptation that, uh, that Josh, was able to do, and that's the kind of that's the kind of thinking and mindset that we need, not only in Ohio but for our country. We need people who are ready to, to, to do what they say, you know, to actually not just not just talk it but walk it. And Josh has done that. I, I you know, in terms of uh, where where uh, Donald Trump went on endorsements, again, that's his decision. And he and I have talked about about some of these things and. Uh, I think in did this he case, did he consult uh, with you uh, before he made this decision, General? He did not. Do, do you know who he's he listening? Not. Do you know who he's listening to? I, you know, I don't. I don't. I mean, I know that there's people around him that uh, you know that come in. You know, various people pop in and pop off. But but uh, you know, this is not this is not so much about 
about, uh, you know, this particular issue. I know it's a big deal there, but I, I just know having been in and out of Ohio now, the type of people that, um, that are, uh, that I'm seeing surround, uh, these, these rallies and, and particularly in a couple of the churches we went into that were full, um, the, uh, the grassroots people of Ohio know exactly what they want and they want Josh Mandel to be the next uh, U.S. Senator from the great state well, of Ohio yeah, because that, that, he's willing to get in the fight with them. Yeah, that's, General, the reason why you know this has become such a big issue, because there are hundreds of thousands of these grassroots voters who are scratching their heads right now. They did not expect this, and they don't know what to make of it, especially given some of the, not just the, the things that were said, but the, the things, Josh Mandel, as we come back to you, that, uh, you know, that, that continue to be a problem for J.D. Vance in terms of connections. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video that was released yesterday, but it's a bombshell and it's gone viral. So, you know, he's going to have a lot of questions to answer before anybody will just say, hey, Donald Trump said vote for Vance, so I'm voting for Vance. Um, Josh, I want to come back to you for issues for a second, if I can. Uh, you and I have talked uh, through the months about a, a number of things, including uh, stage issues and, uh, you know, debate issues and others. But just just give me your top three priorities for the people of Ohio. Obviously, if you're in the United States Senate, you're, you're going to be casting votes that affect the entire country. But you represent the people of Ohio if you're in the United States Senate in that seat. What would you say going in if you get this job or your top three priorities to make life better for us? Number one is taking on and reversing the Biden inflation tax. You know, Biden created this inflation that is crushing families and crushing senior citizens in our state, uh, whether it's the price of gas, the price of groceries at the grocery store, any other prices, people are hurting. And I don't care if I'm here in the Cleveland area, I'm down in Cincinnati, I'm in Toledo, I'm in Youngstown, I'm in Marietta or Steubenville. It, it's ripping across families, and it, it's really hurting people who are doing the right thing. you got a lot of families out there who work hard doing the right thing and don't have a lot of disposable income, and then Biden comes along with this reckless spending in Washington and, and basically creates this tax on the people. It's an inflation tax. And so that's number one is bringing – bringing in, reining in the reckless spending in Washington so we can reverse this horrible inflation, bring down gas prices, bring down prices at the grocery store, and just bring down the cost of, of life and, and, and providing for, for one's family. So that's number one. Number two, specifically with the gas prices and the gas pumps, we need to do everything we can to drill for oil and gas here in Ohio and here in America. Uh-oh. Josh, you still with me? Hopefully it's just a hiccup in uh, service here and and maybe a drop. The call might have dropped altogether. Okay, uh, it looks like the call, uh, call dropped altogether. Let's try to reestablish to let Josh finish his points on the top three priorities that he has there. Uh, we'll take a quick time out, and if we get him connected, we'll come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 10.55, we got Josh back. Now, uh, so far there is no confirmation of the rumor that one of Josh's opponents cut that phone line uh, as he was giving us his top three priorities if he makes it to the Senate. Maybe it's Tim Ryan. Maybe Ryan's people cut it. I don't know. Uh, but we got Josh Mandel back. Uh, Josh, only a couple of minutes left, but you were in the middle of point number two, uh, and it was drilling in the state of Ohio, right? Sure. A lot of people don't realize, but here in the Marcellus and Utica Shale, Ohio's become one of the leading natural gas states in the country. In, in fact, if you took Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, combined our three states into a region, that region is now the third largest producer of natural gas in the entire world. And, uh, you know, these are jobs for people in Ohio, but it also brings down the cost of manufacturing goods here in the Cleveland area, which means you can hire more people and have higher wages. 
and it's a win-win-win for our country and our state. And, you know, Biden and Pelosi and Elizabeth Warren and AOC and Tim Ryan should be ashamed of themselves for being against the oil and gas drilling. Their Green New Deal, uh, there's nothing good for America about the Green New Deal. You want to know who loves the Green New Deal? The Chinese Communist Party, the Russian Federation, because they, they would love for us to stop drilling for natural resource in this sure. state. Uh, third thing, Bob, is uh, taking control back from the government and ensuring that we as parents have control of what our kids are learning and what is being fed to our kids in the classroom. And I think there is an all-out assault on the truth in this country. They're trying to teach our kids that there's 52 genders and you can just pick your gender. That's not true. There's only two genders. Boys are boys and girls are girls. They're trying to divide our kids down racial lines. And as General Flynn knows from his time in the military and my time in the military, we shouldn't care about race or religion or where someone came from. In the military, we're all brothers, whether you're a Marine or a soldier or a sailor or airman. We're all brothers and sisters, and it should be the exact same way in the classroom, in the workplace, and everywhere in society. It's why I feel so strongly, Bob, of, about fighting to protect the Judeo-Christian bedrock of America. Uh, that bedrock has been around for thousands of years, and those biblical values have withstood the test of time. And we need to make sure that America is a place that is founded and continues to grow strong in a foundation of one nation under God, not one nation under government. Josh, I'm going to give General Flynn the last word here in your support, uh, but super quick. Um, uh, do you support term limits? I do. You know, I think uh, a lot of these politicians, you know, they go to Washington to do good, but then they stay in Washington to do well, you know, do well for themselves, do well for their family members. You look at the Biden crime family or the Pelosi crime family. And even unfortunately, some of these Republicans, they just stuff in their pockets with our tax money. And so, yeah, absolutely. We should put in term limits. Would you sign the U.S. term limits amendment pledge? Uh, because that, that I, was introduced, I, I think, by a guy endorsing you, Senator Cruz, in fact, uh, in, uh, yeah. actually introduced that. Would you sign that term limits amendment pledge? It would serve no more than two terms in the Senate. I already have. I think I was the first candidate in this race to sign it. Oh, good, good, good. In them, didn't see, didn't see a list of signings. I just saw this was a thing that is being pushed and uh, asked of uh, all candidates. So I'm glad to know you already did that, General Flynn. As promised, I want to give you the last word here. You obviously are spending a lot of your time in our state. You're spending a lot of time on Josh's behalf, so you obviously believe in him. Uh, just, just give me your final thoughts on why uh, you think Ohio voters need to go uh, for Josh Mandel on Tuesday. Yeah, number one, I. I firmly, firmly believe in the leadership and the, and the capabilities of Josh Mandel. This is the most consequential moment in uh, the United States history, from my, in my judgment. Everybody knows it. Everybody feels it. Everybody sees what's happening with this, uh, with this, this tyrannical overreach by a uh, by a government that uh, you know is is by all means you know sort of under false pretenses. So the people of Ohio have a from my perspective, have an easy decision, and that's to select Josh Mandel as the next senator from the great state of Ohio. And what I, the other thing is I want people to get out in the primaries in droves. Don't think that you'll just wait till the general election. Get out there and vote for Josh during the primaries. Show, make it a point to show how you feel about uh, not only Ohio and your community uh, of Ohio, but also about our country. So thank you so much for allowing me a few minutes with Josh this morning uh, to your great audience and uh, 
God bless you, and God bless our beautiful country. And God bless you, General Flynn. Thank you for your service. Josh Mandel, thank you for your service as well and for your time, and best of luck on Tuesday. Thanks, Bob. All right, it's 11 o'clock. We took it all the way to the top of the hour. As a lot of people we talked to in the last 90 minutes or so. Now the only person left to talk to is you. We are guest-free the rest of the way. 216-901-0945. Hit me up now. 888-281-1110. We'll talk after the news on Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Seven minutes after 11 o'clock, hour number three is underway on this Thursday, the 28th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks so much for being with us. Wow, it's been a packed uh, two hours so far, in particular the last 90 minutes. Uh, If you missed the interview with Dinesh D'Souza, it will be posted uh, on the webpage, alwayswrite.us, probably within the hour, I would say. We'll get you Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza up there. If you missed the interview that I did with Dr. Everett Piper after that, it'll be available on the podcast, which is also on alwaysright.us. And then, of course, we just had Josh Mandel and uh, General Michael Flynn, former National Security Advisor, on the Senate race uh, that comes to a head on Tuesday. All of those interviews will be available at uh, on the podcast page, but also Dinesh D'Souza and Josh Mandel will be on uh, alwayswrite.us on the homepage. So you're going to want to check that out. Probably, like I said, within an hour, maybe 90 minutes tops. But really good good information. If you did not hear Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie, uh, 2,000 Mules, comes out in limited release in some theaters on Monday and on Wednesday, wrapping around the Ohio primary on Tuesday. Uh, you cannot get tickets at a theater. You need to look up uh, your theater, local theater, see where it's playing. Then you have to go to the website 2000mules.com to buy tickets. You will see how we can be so confident when we say things like the 2000, or excuse me, the 2020 uh, presidential election was stolen. We're not saying it just to, you know, sour grape our way through the Biden years. Oh, we got robbed. Everybody says that. No, it's legitimate, it's real, and there's physical video evidence that you need to see. Uh, in that movie. So that's what Dinesh and I talked about. You just heard the conversation also with uh, Josh Mandel. So if you have thoughts on the Senate race, and I mentioned to Josh, uh, and he didn't comment on it, and probably the the, the good judgment there, probably showed good judgment there. Uh, but you can comment on it if you saw the video that was released by Ohio gun owners yesterday. 
It's a 30-minute extensive deep dive into J.D. Vance's connections. Now, we already know he was connected to certain people in big tech. Uh, Peter Thiel, of course, is uh, funding most of his campaign for him. Uh, which is fine. I mean, this is not throwing stones. I mean, this is fine, depending on what your your perspective is. People are allowed to get their support from wherever they get their support. People can, you know, for different reasons. But when you look at the depth of the other connections to Google executives, for example, um, there is an extensive network of people that JD is tied up with, according to the information contained in this video, that make their living by getting people elected that they can then manipulate that they can manipulate from behind the scenes to get things done a certain way. Uh, the history of J.D. Vance is, you know, is well known with respect to his upbringing, and it's inspirational. If you read Hillbilly Elegy or saw the movie, it's inspirational, quite frankly. And his rise from that, uh, that background to Yale Law School to the United States Marine Corps, it's a great story. It goes a lot deeper than just his critical comments of Donald Trump in 2016, 2017. Uh, it's much, much deeper than that. There is something here that, you, you, that that is going to make you scratch your head and say, did Donald Trump really endorse this guy? Does he know about all these things? Did they keep this from Donald Trump? Did Donald Trump do something uh, uh, maybe a little bit um, absentmindedly? There are a lot of questions there. I don't know what the answers are. I'm going to ask some of those questions to J.D. Vance tomorrow. We have Josh on today. We'll have J.D. on tomorrow at 1010. And we'll have Mike Gibbons, who is the other third member of this race that is right there in the thick of it, um, uh, come Tuesday. But I'll ask J.D. Vance, and I'll see if what he has to say about some of the uh, questions broached and raised in that video. Uh, but you need to watch it. And uh, the headline is very clear. Gun Group Drops Nuclear Bomb on J.D. Vance Campaign. It's at alwaysright.us. You can go there right now. Actually, don't. Listen to me right now as I take phone calls. Then after the show, then go to alwaysright.us and click that link and play that video from gun owners of America, or excuse me, Ohio gun owners, beg your pardon, Ohio gun owners, uh, with the uh, deep dive into J.D. Vance's ties. I think it's worth your consideration before you decide who you're going to vote for. And I am not telling you for whom to vote in the election on Tuesday. I'm not doing an endorsement. Uh, I think one of the top three guys there is going to win this thing, and I'm going to vote for one of those top three guys. And you're going to have to make that decision for yourself. John Stover is the president of Ohio Value Voters. That's an organization, easy for me to say, that has endorsed uh, Josh Mandel for the Senate seat. And he's on the line now on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, uh, John. How are you? Morning, Bob. Thank you very much for uh, taking my call today. Sure. What's on your mind? Well, you know, uh, as uh, you stated, our organization has endorsed Josh Mandel. You know, uh, let me just say this, uh, Bob. Uh, we're the largest Christian social conservative organization in the state of Ohio, which really, you know, we attempt to do our job by vetting these candidates. And, you know, we uh, we looked at uh, Josh Mandel for a number of years, going all the way back to his days in the Ohio Senate. And uh, we were the first organization, to my knowledge, statewide, that endorsed him back in March. Why? Because of his record. You know, I often say, Bob, that when it comes to these candidates, either their record in service, uh, in the public service, in an office that they're currently holding, either can be to their benefit or to their demise. And uh, in Josh's case, it's to his benefit. Now, regarding that uh, Ohio gun owner video, I agree with you 100%. This is something that uh, all your listeners and people throughout the state of Ohio, they need to watch because, you know, I shared this with a few people, and it's true. I mean, all of us uh, as children, we, we do recall that uh, 
Wizard of Oz movie when, you know, Dorothy and, and the uh, others, they make their way to the Emerald City, and you have the wizard back there behind the curtain, and he says, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Well, I'm telling you, this Ohio gun owner video has certainly ripped the curtain down as it relates to J.D. Vance. And um, people, I think, when they see this video, they're going to be concerned, and I agree with you. I don't understand how President Trump could have endorsed J.D. Vance if he had known about his ties to big tech. I don't see how you take on big tech whenever you're in bed with big tech. It, it's it's mind-boggling. Um, well, that's a point that and, and I tried know, to raise with uh, with uh, Dr. Gorka on his show yesterday, and uh, he in a, in a taped interview that we did. He doesn't want to hear that. There there are a lot of there are a lot of which is why I was really surprised about General Flynn. I'm not surprised, but I asked him because there are a lot of really people who are worked with Donald Trump who are fiercely loyal to him, who are so tight with him, they will not consider anything other than his opinion. And Dr. Gorka is one of those. He also worked just like General Flynn did for uh, for President Trump. And um, he will not listen to any criticism of J.D. Vance. He will not take into consideration any one minute of the 30 minutes in that video that raises some very, very good questions and very big questions. In fact, that's the reason why I asked General Flynn if he knows who President Trump is listening to and if he consulted him for his advice on this race. And he said he did not. And he doesn't know who he's listening to, but clearly he is not listening to people who have anything negative to say about his personal favorites, regardless of the reasons for that favoritism. Well, you, you know, Bob, when you look at, uh, once again, getting back to Josh Mandel, and, and uh, you know, you had an excellent interview with General Flynn here a few minutes ago. Hopefully you're able to get Ted Cruz on. You know, it's, it's uh, when you look at the uh, endorsement of Ted Cruz, I, who I consider to be the conservative lion of the Senate, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Ted Cruz is head and shoulders above all of the other senators who, whenever you see these hearings within the Senate, who's not afraid to ask the tough questions. And, you know, I would have to believe that if there's anyone that's going to to know the type of cloth that he's expecting someone to be cut from that's going to act in the same manner that he has, it's a man like Josh Mandel. And and once again, uh, you know, we are hopeful that people will take the time to uh, view this video. You know, I also wanted to uh, just say, uh, Bob, briefly here, when it comes to our endorsement process, you know, there's two individuals running for statewide office that uh, did not turn in their survey to us, and that's uh, Mike DeWine and Secretary of State Frank LaRose. And unfortunately, they didn't turn their survey in because of the fact that there were questions being asked that would have been an inconvenience to them to attempt to answer. And I understood that, and I expected that they wouldn't turn it back in their survey uh, this is why we're supporting, uh, you know, Jim Renacci. Jim Renacci is somebody that I firmly believe is going to uh, be a DeSantis-type governor. And, uh, you know, when it comes to Frank LaRose, you know, you had uh, uh, Denise D'Souza on there with the 2,000 Mules and, and uh, advertising this movie, which I'm hoping to see. You know, the bottom line is, is that it was Frank LaRose right after the election of 2020 who said that uh, he saw no fraud. There was nothing. He also took $7.5 million of the uh, Mark Zuckerberg funds here in the state of Ohio to, uh, you know, to get the Democrat vote out. And I could go on and on, but we've uh, endorsed John Adams in that race. And then the uh, the last one I'd like to talk about briefly, uh, you know, Matt Dolan, he's a very... Very nice guy. I, I tell you what, anytime I run into him, we have pleasantries to exchange. Very nice guy, but he's certainly wrong on all the issues. You know, Matt Dolan voted against the heartbeat bill, pastor protection bill, Down syndrome bill, helped DeWine 
he ran with the uh, ball with the red line as far as uh, their Second Amendment rights. And, you know, he's really not a conservative. You know, and, we, and, um, and once again, we had to give in 2020, Bob, there were two state reps, two state senators. Unfortunately, Matt Dolan was one of those state senators that we had to give a vote of no confidence in that race uh, because he voted against the heartbeat bill. You know, even if a, uh, you know, because we do watch these individuals, and there's no other organization in the state that I'm aware of that watches these candidates, candidates that are currently serving as closely as Ohio Value Voters, to see to it that the voters know just where they are at on these important issues. Yeah, and uh, John, real quick before you go, um, you, you know, President, you, you spoke obviously about President Trump endorsing JD and the, and the questionable reasons for that, and you talk about the, uh, he also endorsed Frank LaRose. And he also endorsed, in a manner of speaking, he endorsed Mike DeWine because he praised Mm -hmm. Bob Paduchik, did not mention uh, Jim Renacci. He praised Bob Paduchik for doing such a great job. He knows full well Bob Paduchik is leading the Mike DeWine for for re-election campaign from his seat as the chair of the ORP. And uh, he essentially de facto or tacitly endorsed Mike DeWine as well. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and I know how Value Voters supports President Trump, as do I, and we have for a long time. Yes. But um, I'm I'm scratching my head about some of these things here in the state of Ohio. Uh, Frank LaRose hates him. Frank LaRose had said terrible things about him, uh, said that the uh, right. election in, in, in uh, 2020 was on the up and up, and Joe Biden is the duly elected president, and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Mike DeWine, I should not need to say anything about him, but President Trump has given him essentially a de facto endorsement by saying nothing about Jim Renacci. You know, you, you know, Bob, the old cliche, uh, politics makes strange bedfellows. And every once in a while, you know, we as voters were able to, uh, you know, lift the sheet to find out who's underneath there and who's doing what, you know. <laughs> but in some cases, I agree. You know, these uh, these type of things, they just leave you scratching your head. Um, you know, it, it was my understanding that, uh, you know, you had this uh, quid pro quo regarding, uh, you know, Trump coming, President Trump coming out and saying, Okay, Frank, you endorse J.D. Vance, and, you know, you'll get my endorsement. And I understand that he went to a number of other elected officials uh, or those running that's, for office. That's what I've the heard, same too. Thing. Yeah, just trying to get somebody to support his, you know, and second him in, in his endorsement of Vance. And the only way he can get him to do it is to promise an endorsement himself. Jim Renacci was principled enough uh, to not take that bait and say, okay, I'll, I'll yes. say what you want me to say about Vance if you just give me your endorsement so I can beat Mike DeWine. And I think that's another reason why, quite frankly, it's a stronger statement about his principles and his conservatism than getting any endorsement he could from President Trump. You know, I couldn't agree with you more, Bob. Um, you know, I've, I've heard the same thing about, uh, about how that, uh, transpired. And, uh, you know, you do have principled individuals to uh, basically stand up and say no. You know, it goes to show that President Trump, in my opinion, Bob, that he really feels that this is going to be a major effort to try to carry JD Vance across the finish line. And, uh, once again, if you're listening, We'll go out there and uh, just uh, watch this 28, 30-minute video from the Ohio gun owners that just came out yesterday. Um, it, it just got that much of a heavier lift for President Trump to carry Vance across the finish line in this race for Senate. That very well may be the case. Well, if uh, J.D. gets one more chance to sell himself tomorrow the way Josh just did, and uh, Mike Gibbons then on Monday as we, uh, as we count it down until Tuesday. Jo- uh, John Stover, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, Bob. God bless. God bless you, too. Thanks very much. 1124 and Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget to check out alwaysright.us. Let's go to the phones again. Chuck is in North Ridgeville. Hi, Chuck. You're on the air. Good morning. Go ahead. 
Bob, Bob, I got to tell you, I listen every day and you about done yourself. This show today is freaking awesome. Wow. And also, also, you're a great substitute host. I don't care what Seb Gorka says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Seb doesn't like people. I I think Seb is, is... Becoming the talk radio version of the old Twitter. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's an echo chamber. It's got to be the same thing. Uh, if you disagree, there's a shadow ban that was, that is, because <laughs> that's kind of what he did to me. He gave me a shadow ban yesterday. He yeah, said he would bring me on. Absolutely. He said he would bring me on to debate this with me, but then didn't let my words get out to the right. people. So it was kind of a shadow ban, just like Twitter. Right. <laughs> right. That was not a debate. Exactly. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, like, I give him, you know, a little bit of a hedge being he was in the cabinet. I mean, that's a big thing. Okay? Absolutely. I have so, nothing so, to So he does that, yeah. have his loyalty and he is deeply loyal to Trump, as is J.D. Vance, who shouldn't even be in this race. I mean, this this is absolutely ridiculous. I think it's bad. But I have to tell you, um, this Dinesh... Uh, the Susan movie, it has to be awesome. I've got to see it. But if, I don't know if you remember about five years ago, there was this woman named Lois Lerner. Sure. In charge of the IRS. And she, it, well, not in charge of the IRS, but in charge of, of making decisions on uh, uh, which um, uh, organizations applying for tax-exempt status uh, uh, were approved or not. Right. And the one organization she really went after was True the Vote. That's right. Who? Catherine was part of the movie. Now, I don't want to suggest that there may be some kind of conspiracy from certain people from Illinois who love to distrue the vote, uh, but I'm sure this thing goes to the top, and I think you're going to find it. Bull Durham is making some headway on his stuff, and you're going to find the three biggest political crimes in history, in any history, is spying on a campaign, bingo, that's obismal. Uh, spying on an administration, bingo, that's obismal. And stealing a national election, bingo, obismal. I just thought of all that stuff while, hey, Lois Lerner was going after True the Vote. So I just wanted to make that clear to you. I don't know if you remember that or whatever. Oh, I but. do. I do, yeah. And I've, I've interviewed Catherine, and thank you for the call, Chuck. I've interviewed Catherine Engelbrecht uh, about their work at True the Vote and uncovering voter fraud in Texas and other things as well. Uh, she's terrific. That's a terrific organization, and uh, you're, you're exactly right. That was what the IRS, when the Lois Lerner scandal was going on in the Obama administration, one of the organizations that they targeted. Uh, and now here they are. There's a good reason why they wanted to target them, because they're doing tremendous work on behalf of the people and on the behalf of, dem- of uh, democracy, which the left claims to be supportive of, by the way. Bob is in Menor, and now he's on AM fourteen twelve. Nope. Uh, we have Diane in West Park next. My apologies. Diane is next. You are on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Good morning, and go right ahead. Good morning, Bob, and I want to thank you so much for your opening monologue this morning. That was just awesome, and I think your passion and your feelings about uh, what our kids are being absolutely um, ruined by, um, I, I just, uh, we that needs to be a really big, big, big continuing issue, uh, and I'm so glad that Josh Mandel mentioned that uh what what our kids are learning in school 
is a, a, a high priority for for him. And although he mentioned it as number three, I know that uh, that's they're they're all and the first two were about inflation and and you know. But uh, I know that that's that's just got to. I know it's number one with the with the parents involved. And Bob, I I don't understand. I don't know what you were trying to say about the gun owners rally. Is this a four um is this a Ford? No, 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 no. It's not a rally. Again. No, it's not a rally. There's a video that was uh, okay. that was recorded by Gun Owners of America. It's 30 minutes long, and it outlines J.D. Vance's um, ties to much more than just Peter Thiel in the big tech world, and into some other people with some foreign organizations that are very, very questionable. Uh, I, I don't want to poison the the well here and 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 misstate or overstate things that are in it. It's for everybody to decide. But it's a very, very deep dive into J.D. and how he got into politics and who is backing him, and thus who he might be beholden to when it comes time to make decisions as a senator. Uh, so this is obviously a very anti-J.D. Vance video. Uh, I didn't post it on my webpage just because it's anti-J.D. Vance. It's because it's very newsworthy as we uh, try to make our decision in this election. And uh, it's something that I would encourage everybody to watch and then decide for yourself if you are, uh, you know, whether or not it makes a difference on who, you, uh, who you're supporting in this race. Well, I have made up my mind, and I, and I want to mention, I think you, you mentioned the other day that uh, J.D. is not a, a registered Republican. He's, he's an independent. And um, I, I'm, of course, I'm still scratching my head about uh, Donald Trump's endorsement of him. But um, also, Tom Zawistowski made the comment on one of his recent uh, videos that J.D. had not made an appearance to a pro-Trump group in all this time of his um, campaign. And uh, I just... I don't well, know. Amazing. I'll be honest with you about that one, and, and, I, and I apologize, Dan, but i got to go here to get to the news anyway, but thank you for the call. I don't know that that's necessarily true. It depends on what you call a pro-Trump group. Um, I know he has made appearances, and he has made speeches at various places. Um, what do we call a pro-Trump group? Uh, is it a group that's just called a conservative club or a conservative organization? I speak to those all the time. Do I call them exclusively pro-Trump groups? No, I just they're just good conservative patriots. I know he has spoken to some groups. I just don't know how we identify them as such. Uh, so that's all I can say about that for now. Thank you for the call. We'll take a time out here for our bottom of the hour news. We've got one more segment. Time for more of your calls, some of your messages from alwaysright.us coming up on AM 1420. When the world is upside down and the majority turns to the left, turn to the right. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you for posting that video by J.D. Vance uh, from Ohio Gun Owners. Um, I got the same email, um, and uh, the rabbit hole keeps getting deeper, doesn't it? I wasn't going to vote for him in the first place, um, but um, I had my doubts about him and his sincerity from the very beginning, so... I'm hoping uh, one of the other, uh, either Gibbons or Mandel or Mark Paquita, um, will make it in. So thanks for all you do, Bob. 
and have a great day. Well, thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you for that message, Rose, uh, from uh, alwayswrite.us. She used the sound off button there to express her disapproval of J.D. Vance. I wonder how uh, this guy would respond to that. Random Talking Trump Doll. It's been a little while since we've checked in with the Random Talking Trump Doll. Let's see what we get this time. I love the First Amendment. Nobody loves it better than me. Nobody. Who uses it more than I do? I would tend to concur with that. Got anything else? Basically, all I've done is keep my promise. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Random talking Trump doll. You never know what you're going to get from him. He is real, by the way, and there's a picture of him. And you can actually push his button and listen to what he has to say next at alwayswrite.us. Check it out for yourself. Uh, let me get one more of these in before we go to the phones. And Hey, Bob, I want you to... Listen to Frank LaRose's interview on your program. You have it up as a podcast. He claims what a great system Ohio has. The voting system is like pristine. And uh, ask him if he uses the ERIC voter database system that's in 31 states and supposedly Ohio's in it. Ohio hires them to keep our voting system clean. Plus, ask uh, Christina Hagan. She's on the election commission. What are they doing to keep have Ohio have good voter systems. Oh, Frank Rose also talked about they audit the vote after the elections, and they need time to do that. I've never heard of them auditing any votes. They don't even use paper ballots, and, and I don't think my, my county doesn't my county doesn't use paper ballots. They vote on screen. You know, in uh, in Lorain County, where I live, uh, and thank you for that message from Medina t- uh, County, Tom, uh, in my uh county when i go and vote particularly at the board of elections uh, which is what i always do um it is an on-screen vote but then you see a piece of paper being printed out when you're done and you fit you've pushed confirm or, or or whatever uh the word is to verify your vote and then you see the paper being printed out it's under plastic it's you know you can't pick it up uh but you do see it printed out and then when you say you know you push confirm again or whatever it's dropped into wherever it's dropped into so those would be presumably paper ballots you can actually look at them the piece of paper under the plastic uh little little window there and verify that it shows what you voted for and if anything is wrong you can call a poll worker and say hey that didn't record right or something but if if, do we call that a paper ballot i don't know do we call that a paper ballot that can be counted in such a way i don't know i kind of thought it was it's one of the reasons i asked that question of frank larose when i spoke with him so uh, Tom, I appreciate that. Uh, Lisa Woods in Medina next. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, I heard you had uh, Dr. Duke Pest on yesterday. Thank you for having him. I was at the Board of Elections doing my training. Um, I work as often as I can, um, as long as I'm not on the ballot, right, <laughs> at the Board <laughs> <Right>. of Elections. <laughs> so um, I was doing my training yesterday. Um, thanks for having him. I guess uh, he'll be speaking tonight in Canton. Canton, yep. Yep, and then, of course, um, on Saturday at Medina County Friends and Neighbors. So that's an extra meeting, and I'm uh, glad you let me announce it today so that more people will come. I saw um, half of the meeting last night in Medina. That was at the Ohio Freedom Fighters. Excellent material. Horrible material, really. I mean, he shows you some of the yeah. some of the nasty stuff. Wow, you know. Um, <laughs> make sure it's been a couple hours since uh, you ate. 
I guess. It's is, horrible is, is, material, but it's excellent that somebody has it and is willing to share it so that we can obviously do whatever we have to do to combat it. I think that's the, the key there. But, yeah, he was great on the air yesterday, too, while you were working at the board or, or, or training at the board. He was terrific, and uh, and we made sure to make sure everybody knows several times that among his three stops, uh, last night in Medina at the Ohio Freedom Fighters, tonight at Canton, and then Saturday uh, at McFan, uh, 8.30 at the Thirsty Cowboys. So we got everybody knows that Dr. Pest is in town, and he's uh, – He's making the rounds, and uh, it's a really, oh, really fantastic. great thing to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And more importantly, grab someone down the road, some family that isn't necessarily one of uh, you know us freedom-loving, fighting people, but just your average family down the road that's busy, they got kids in school, get them to come. They need to know that they, they can lose their kids by putting them through this stuff. They need to see it, and they don't know. So well, grab, grab those people down the road. I could not concur uh, more strongly with that. And thank you for the call, Lisa, uh, and for everything you do. Uh, that was kind of the reason I, I think I went a little bit off the, uh, <laughs> over the edge, I guess, a little in my opening monologue this morning. Because we can lose our kids. And if we lose our kids, we lose our culture. If we lose our kids, we lose the future. And there's going to be a time when you and I are gone and... The children, today's children who are running the country and running the show are going to ask, why did they leave us with this? Why didn't they do anything to preserve the republic that we were gifted uh, by the founders and then by the blood and the, and the sweat and the sacrifice of millions since then? Why did they do this and let it all fall apart? I don't want to be restless in my grave. I don't want to be looking down, hopefully, from heaven with tears in my eyes because we didn't do enough to protect our kids and thus our culture and thus our future. That's why I went a little bit over the edge. If you want to hear that conversation and that rant, go to uh, alwayswrite.us. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.